Welcome to Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. Through the revelation of God's undeserved, unearned and unmerited favour, we are committed to helping you make better changes in life for life. I want to share this morning on a subject that I believe is going to be of encouragement to you. I've got no doubt that what it applies to each and every one of us in the room. It applies to each and every one of us in the room. The reason I'm saying so is that if you have been through a problem, then today's word is for you. If at some point in your life you've been through a problem and uh, I'm very confident to say that as we are seated in this place, we have a number of people that are going through problems, that are going through uh, challenging times, that are going through challenging situations at personal level, uh, maybe at family level, or even maybe, maybe at work, maybe at school. What I'm very convinced about is that we are going through some challenges. If you are not going through anything at the moment, the word still applies to you because uh, uh, in, in life there are things that we don't necessarily need to pray for, for them to come in our lives. There are some things that will come uninvited. They will get crushed in your life. And one of the things that will come without an invitation are problems. We can pray against them, but they will come. So what I've learned in the Christian journey and as the Spirit of God continues to minister in my life, is that when it comes to problems, it's about a how to handle them. It's about a how to, how to manage the difficult times, how to manage the most difficult moments of our lives. And uh, what becomes of great importance when it comes to handling life's challenges of life's problems, it is to have a right perception Somebody say perception. The most important thing is about you having what I can call the right perception towards problems. That becomes the game changer. That becomes something that you need to master at any given point in your life. Why am I saying so? Because you're going to encounter problems. As a matter of fact, you're actually going through some problems. But what is very critical it is for you to have the right perception towards problems in life. Why? Because it is the perception that you're going to have towards a problem that is going to determine how you handle or how you manage problems or how you manage the most difficult things in our lives. Why is this of great importance? Why is the right perception of great importance in your life? It is simply because every problem contain an opportunity to influence. And that's the part that I want to zero in this morning. Every problem that you encounter in life, it contains an opportunity to influence. In other words, every problem that you encounter in life, it carries an opportunity to make a difference. Remember, 29 is our season two. Talk to me, church. 2019 is our season to what? It's our season to influence. 
And when you go through our confession statements, there is one that I want to connect very well with today. And it's the sentence or the confession that says, when opportunities, anybody remembers that one? When opportunities, what happens? I am well prepared. That's a good test, isn't it? That's a good test. When opportunities arise, I am well prepared. But I want you to understand that inside every problem, there is an opportunity. Inside every problem that you go through in your life, there is an opportunity to make a difference. There's an opportunity to make a difference. In other words, I may say, a lot of opportune moments, they come wrapped in problems. A lot of great opportunities in life, they come wrapped in what? They come wrapped in problems. That is why it is important for you and I to have a right perception towards problems. Why? Because the failure or our failure to have the right perception towards problems, we can actually miss out on the opportunity that come wrapped in problems. Am I talking to somebody in the house this morning? Now, when you go through the word, there is a principle that I want you to master. When you are reading the Bible, when you are studying the Bible, one of the things that I look for that has helped me to embrace the glory of the word, it is the connection between the pattern and the promise. Now, every time you are reading a scripture and you pick up a pattern, you notice a pattern, you see something being repeated again and again. It can be repeated in the same chapter, in the same book, or it can be repeated in different portions of the scripture. But the moment you see or you notice a pattern, there is always a promise. Am I talking to somebody in the house? There is a connection between a pattern and a promise. A pattern and a promise. A pattern and a promise. Now, when it comes to problems in the scripture, it is possible for us to see a pattern from one character to the other character. We are able to identify what I can call a pattern. And the moment you see a pattern, you are guaranteed of a promise. You are guaranteed of what? Of a promise. And this morning, I want to zero in on Genesis chapter number 50, verse number 20. Genesis chapter number 50, verse number 20. We want to pick up, we want to pick a pattern that we see there, and I'll give a few examples where we can trace this pattern. Now, Genesis chapter number 50, the background of this chapter is the story of a man called Joseph. Is the story of a man called Joseph. If you have been to Sunday school, you have been to church for long, if you haven't been to church, let me just help you. In the Bible, we are introduced to a man called Joseph. Joseph, we see him at a time when he was loved the most by his father. And because his father loved Joseph the most, the brothers of Joseph became jealous of him. And in the course of time, God visited Joseph and he gave 
a dream or he gave dreams to Joseph. And what does Joseph do? Joseph goes on to share his dreams with his brothers. And the brothers were able to quickly interpret the, the dreams. The brothers quickly knew the interpretation of the dreams. And as a result, they became very hostile to him. They became very jealous to him. To the very point that they plotted to kill him. And through the big brother, the name Reuben, Reuben managed to change the plan of killing Joseph and shifted it to getting Joseph to be sold so that he can become a slave. So from being betrayed by his brothers, we see Joseph being sold into slavery by his brothers. But when the brothers went back home, instead of being honest to their father, that we sold Joseph to uh, the people that were passing by, they did not say that. They said, your son was killed by an animal in the field. That's what happened. And in the course of time, the father mourned his son as though he was dead, not knowing that his, father is not, his son is not dead, but his son is alive. And we see Joseph going into slavery in Egypt. And there in Egypt, Joseph encountered a number of problems that resulted in him at one point being thrown into the prison. But through the grace of God and through his faithfulness to God, eventually at the end we see Joseph no longer a slave, but Joseph becoming the prime minister of Egypt. And uh, as time went on, the Bible says now there was famine all over the world. But because Joseph was a good prime minister, he prepared for that time of drought through the visitation of God. God visited the, the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh could not interpret the dream that he saw. But Joseph was able to interpret what? To interpret the dream. And it was through the interpretation of that dream that Joseph was able to prepare the entire nation of Egypt for the famine, for the drought that was coming. Now, when all the other nations were struggling or suffering from drought, the news began to spread that there is food in Egypt. And as the news was spreading, the news also got to the brothers of Joseph, the ones who betrayed him. The news reached the ears of Joseph's father, and we see Joseph's father sitting down with his sons and says, can you go to Egypt so that you can buy food? And when the brothers went to Egypt, to their surprise, they found the prime minister who was their brother whom they had betrayed. But they could not identify him quickly. But Joseph was able to identify his brothers. And he did not reveal himself quickly to them. He kept it a secret. He kept it a secret. But when you come now to chapter number 50, verse number 20 of the book of Genesis, now we see Joseph standing in front of his brothers. And now he has revealed now his identity to them. And the brothers are afraid that, you know what, this young man is going to revenge now. But listen to what Joseph says. Joseph stands up and he says, you intended to harm me. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done 
What is it that is being done now? The saving of many lives. So, Joseph went through what I can call a problem that was so direct. But at the end of this problem, what we see is Joseph being used by God for the salvation of many and many and many lives. Somebody shout amen and amen. Somebody shout amen. Remember I said every problem contains what? An opportunity to influence, an opportunity to make a difference. It's particularly in this season of influence. Now, as we go through the story of Joseph, I want you to put yourself also in the shoes of Joseph. Where you are questioning what is happening in your life. You are going through problems that are so direct. You are going through problems that leaves you with questions without answers. As for Joseph, Joseph would sit down and Joseph would ask himself, what wrong have I really done for me to deserve this kind of life? I'm here in Egypt, not by choice, but I'm here in Egypt as a result of betrayal. I wasn't betrayed by foreigners. I was betrayed by my own brothers, by my very own blood brothers. That's the reason why I'm in here. I'm trying to, be, to do the best that I can. I'm trying to be the good guy to the best of my ability. But it seems like I'm surrounded by problem after problem. At one point, Joseph thought that things are getting better while he was in the house of, of Potiphar. And from nowhere, Potiphar's wife became a problem. And the result of that incident was Joseph being thrown in the prison. I can imagine Joseph in prison and he's asking himself, what wrong have I really done in my life for me to, to, to deserve or for me to, to experience this kind of a life? My brothers betrayed me. They threw me in the pit. They changed the plan and they sold me to foreigners. Now I'm here. I don't have freedom. I don't have a right to yes. I have to live on the basis of other people's decision. We see Joseph encountering problem after problem. And can I encourage you this morning? Perhaps your life is almost the same as the life of Joseph. Where when you evaluate the things that are happening one after the other in your life, you're going through challenges. You're going through problems. And you ask yourself, what's wrong have I really done? And to be honest with you, you cannot really pinpoint what's wrong you have really done in your life. But can I encourage you? There are some things that are happening in our lives. Not because you've done something wrong. But there are certain things that are happening in our lives. Because God wants to put you in a very good place. But what does God do? God will come in and he will wrap the opportunity inside a problem. God comes in and what does he do? He comes in and he wraps an opportunity inside a problem. God comes in and he wraps, he hides, he conceals an opportunity, but he hides it inside a problem. That is why the beginning I say is, it is important for you as a believer to have a right perception towards problems. So for you as a child of God, every time you see a problem, don't just see a problem. 
be suspicious. Tell yourself that inside this problem, there is an opportunity. Inside this problem, God has concealed. Inside this problem, God has hidden something that is going to bring a change in my life. Why? Because it is the nature of God to conceal things. Can I prove it to you? Can you go to Proverbs chapter number 25, verse number 2? Proverbs 25, verse number 2. That's a very important verse that I want you to master today. Proverbs 25, verse number 2. The writer says, It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. He hides things. To the point that God even hides himself from us. That's why the Bible says, seek me. Otherwise, it would be meaningless for God to say, seek me, if, he's, if he can easily be found. So what does God do? He conceals himself. But the next part, it says, it is the glory of kings to search out the matter. God loves hide and seek. Yeah? God loves what? Hide and seek. Can I put it that way? It is the glory of God to hide himself. It is the glory of God to hide certain things from us. But why, why is he hiding? He's not hiding so that you don't find them. He's hiding so that you can seek them. Seek the Lord while he may be found. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. That is why even when you just open your scripture, I've heard so many people, Pastor, I'm trying to read the Bible, but it's not making any sense. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. What is looking for you is to have that hunger to say, I want to I wanna find it. I want to find it. Because you know what? We tend to treasure things that, that, that we really look for, that, that, that come more of like the hard way. We, we tend to treasure those things. We tend to keep them and protect them. Can I give you an example? I'm sure we can all agree, especially our children, our young people. Young people, I know you can agree with me. The reason why you don't keep money so well, if you haven't been to work, is because, because you don't know how hard it is to work hard. And every young person who has started to go to work, I can guarantee you, their attitude has changed. Somebody shout amen. Do I have young people who started to go to work? Do you mind raising your hands? Young people who started to go to work. Do you, do you agree with me that your attitude has changed now? From the time that your parents were giving you pocket money. You would just spend it because you know what? Tomorrow I can ask mom or dad for what? For more money. But the moment mom and dad says no, go to work and work for it. Your attitude has changed now. You actually keep more money than you used to keep before. Why? Because there's something about us that, that tells us, you know, if, if, I, if I sweat for this, then I have to protect it. That's why it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. Yet it is the glory of kings to search for it. Who are the kings? The Bible says Jesus is the king of... Talk to me. Jesus is called what? The king of what? When the Bible says Jesus is the king of kings, he is the king, but kings is not referring to the kings of this world. Kings is referring to you and I. 
because we have been called into the kingdom of God and he has made us to be priests in the kingdom, in his kingdom. So when the Bible says he is the king, he's saying he is the king of kings. You and I are the king, the priest, the king, kingly priest. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when the Bible says it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, it is the glory of kings to search out the matter, it's referring to you and I. It's referring to who? It's referring to you and I. To, to be able to sit down and search out the matter. Why searching out the matter? Because God has a tendency of hiding opportunities in problems. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. Thank you very much. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. Yet it is the honor of kings to what? To search out. Now, when you look at, the, at Joseph, God concealed a matter in the problem. The problem for, jo for Joseph was slavery. The problem for Joseph was deception. But inside that deception, God went on and he concealed, he was hiding, he camouflaged an opportunity. And, and because Joseph maintained the fear of the Lord and faith in the Lord, even when he was going through stuff, right at the end, we see Joseph seizing the opportunity to the very point that a slave, who is, a matter of fact, a foreigner, became a prime minister. Why? Because God went on and he concealed greatness inside a problem. God went on and he concealed a higher office inside a problem. God went on and he concealed elevation, promotion, but it was hidden inside the problem. So your attitude towards what you're going through is very important. Your attitude towards what you are calling a problem is very important in your life. But pastor, it's a real problem. Yes, a real problem. I know your problem is, is coming with sleepless nights. I know that what you're going through is coming with depression and stress as well. But let me tell you, you need to develop a right perception. Why? Because inside that problem, inside that difficulty, inside that complex situation, God has hidden your opportunity. Am I talking to somebody in the house? Am I... It, uh, it, this word might not be for everyone, but, but for someone who is going through stuff in your life, I want you to understand that inside what you're going through, inside what you're going through, God has hidden something, or God has allowed an opportunity to be packaged inside that problem. So develop the right perception. If Joseph had developed a wrong perception, ultimately, he would not have become the prime minister of Egypt. Ultimately, he would not have become an influence, not only to the Egyptians, he would not have become an influence even to his own family that was in, 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 in Canaan, who were living in, in, in the times of famine. He would not have come out and become the solution. He would not have come out to become the answer to what other people are going through and experiencing in life. If he, had, if he had developed a wrong perception of the problem that he was going through. So whenever you're going through the scripture, there is a pattern that you see that God has a tendency of concealing, of hiding opportunities inside problems. I've got three examples that I want to share with you. But from a broader perspective, 
We see this pattern all over the scripture. There is a problem in, Jer- in Jerusalem in the times of Nehemiah. What does God do? God conceals a, an opportunity inside a problem. Are you seeing what I'm saying? There is a problem in Jerusalem. But inside that problem, God conceals an opportunity for Jerusalem to be changed. And we see Nehemiah coming on the scene. Why? Because he has developed a right perception towards the problem. So when he's looking at the at Jerusalem that is in ruins, he's not just seeing a problem. He's seeing an opportunity. He saw an opportunity to make a difference. He saw an opportunity to influence. I'm reminded of a woman called Esther. Haman has done all the tricks that he has done to make sure that the Jews are completely destroyed. The whole nation of the Jews to be completely destroyed. And what does God do? God hides an opportunity inside the problem. Inside the plan of Haman, we see God releasing an opportunity through a woman called Esther. And instead of the Jews being completely destroyed, we see God releasing that opportunity through Esther. That instead of the Jews being killed, of Jews being alive. And those who had planned to do harm to the Jews by the right will be punished in full. Why? Because it is the tendency of God to hide opportunities inside problems. Can I just draw attention just to three examples that I want maybe to concentrate a little bit on. The first one is a man called Joseph that we've already spoken about. That God went on to conceal an opportunity inside Joseph's problem. But the most common denominator around these different characters is that the problems, they appear to be more personal. They are so direct to the point that you have to sit down and ask yourself, what's wrong with me? The people that are next to me, their things are going on well. But, but how come it's just me? What's wrong with me? And, and, and if you are not careful, you can think that you're cursed. And even us as Christians, sometimes we push you to the wrong side because you've gone through one issue after the other. We say there's a generational case. Let me tell you, for Joseph, there was no generational case. It was just a process that God allowed to happen so that at the end, God will hide an opportunity inside there. So that, so that at, right at the end of the whole story, it's not just Joseph's life that changes, but it is for the salvation of many lives. So whenever we talk about influence, every time we talk about influence, think or see beyond yourself. I want you to understand that whenever you're going through things that are more personal, chances are very high that what God is working is not just for you, but it's working for many people. For some of us, you're going through direct problems. They just, they just center around you. But can I tell you, at the end, the salvation is not just going to be for you. For some of you, it's for your family. For some of you, it's for the whole city. For some of you, it's for the whole community. For some of you, it's going to be maybe for, for your company. Or is the tendency of God to hide, to conceal matters. But it is the glory of kings to search out for the matter. The next example that I want to share with you is a man called Daniel. Which Daniel? Me? No, not me. 
the one in the book of Daniel, chapter number six. There's a time when God promoted Daniel to the point that he was one of the three governors in Babylon. But during the course of time, the other two governors, they became jealousy of, of Daniel. And they plotted to bring him down. And they, 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 they planned in such a way that they convinced the king to put in law that anyone who is going to be found not worshipping your God should be thrown in the den of lions. So we, we see Daniel not bowing down to that plot. And Daniel continued to be faithful to God. Daniel continued to what? To fear God, even though people were deceiving him. Even though people were planning harm against him. Even though people were planning bad against him. But Daniel maintained the fear of the Lord and his faith in God. And what do we see? We see king writing and signing the law. To the very point that Daniel was in a big problem. That resulted in him being thrown in the den of lion. But inside that situation, God allowed the situation to happen because he was hiding an opportunity inside that situation. Even when people are planning to do harm on you. Let me tell you, God has a tendency of hijacking the plans of the enemy. Can I repeat that to you? God has a tendency of hijacking the plans of the enemy towards his children. That's why Joseph was able to say, as for you guys, you intended to harm me. But when God stepped on the scene, he used what you intended to harm me, and he changed the intention from harming me, but to the serving of many people. I love that God. I think that's a good and a great God. When people are, plot, are plotting things for you against you at work, but God just steps in and he doesn't change the situation, the plot. He allows the plot to carry on to continue, but the outcome becomes different. Where they are waiting for you to be devoured by the lions in the lion's den, they will see you coming out and they will see you being elevated by God. Why? Because it's the tendency of God to conceal a matter. But it is the glory of kings to search out for it. Praise be to God. So we see Daniel in Babylon. He's going through this problem. You know, sometimes when we're reading the Bible, we read it so fast, such that it appears like something that happened in five minutes' time. But if you slow down and you, and you allow real life to kick in, you realize that this was not a five-minute thing. This was not a one-week thing. Because we're dealing with a king who's running the whole nation of Babylon. I would, want think, I would want to think that this process, it took some days, perhaps it took some weeks. And my question becomes, what was going through in Daniel's mind when, when, when all this was being done? And he really knows that these people are lying and these people, they have plotted something against him. What was going through his mind? Daniel was a human being just like us. I'm sure he was asking himself the same questions that you ask yourself. What's wrong with me? Do I really deserve this? I don't know, but if I'm to read in between the lines, perhaps he, he went through depression as well. Imagine people plotting that, you know what, if you don't do ABC, you're going to be thrown in the lion's den. And then you don't do it. And you know the punishment that is coming. It's not like you're waiting for the judge to pass on a decision that you don't know. He knows the decision already. 
that I'm going to be what? I'm going to be thrown in the lines and you, you know the outcome of what you're going through. You, you, you don't need anyone or a prophet to tell you the outcome of the problem that you're going through. But I like my God. He comes in and he drops an opportunity inside that problem. Where they were planning for your downfall, we see Daniel being elevated. We see Daniel being promoted. We see God lifting him up above the problem. When God began to rescue Daniel, God did not restore Daniel to the same level that he was. But God actually came in and he actually lifted up the graph higher. He actually put him up past the level that he was at. Because it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. But it is the glory of kings to search out for the matter. I think the greatest example of all is Jesus Christ himself. He had his own problem. Even though he had his disciples, you, you will hardly hear the Bible says the Pharisees were opposing the disciples. They were opposing the master. He goes to, he, he goes to, 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 to John, to Martha and Mary's house and, 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 and he's told, you know, the one that you love is dead. And, and you know what, as, as a good friend, he goes to the grave, even when it was four days after. He goes to the grave and, and, and he brings Lazarus back to life instead of normal people to stand up and celebrate the miracle, what does the Pharisees do? They plotted to kill him. That's, whole, that's when the whole plot of killing Jesus kicked in. When, when Lazarus came back to life. And every move that Jesus was making, they were looking for an opportunity to kill him. This was no secret. It was in the open that they were looking for an opportunity to kill him. Tell me, how, how, how would you handle that situation? You, you, know, you know the people that are plotting to kill you. And you know they are actually looking for an opportunity for your downfall. I'm not talking about secret agents. It's the most common thing there for women now, isn't it? Secret agents, they just follow you to a car with that number plate. These ones, they will follow you with a clear number plate. And they would actually come out of the car and you would actually see them. How would you handle that? When you really know the people that are plotting your downfall, can I encourage you? Maintain the fear of God. Yeah? Maintain the fear of God. Not only the fear of God, but keep your faith. Maintain the fear of God and the fear of, and the fear of God. Maintain the fear of God and faith in God. Maintain the fear of God and faith in God. Maintain the fear of God and faith in God. So he was going through problem after problem. Every day he woke up, it was a problem with the Pharisees. But what does God do? God went on to hide an opportunity inside that problem. And the right at the end, when they were celebrating that, you know what, we have done away with him, we have killed him, we have, we have done away, we have put him in there, now he's in the grave, he's done, and we know more about Jesus. But because we serve a living God, who hides opportunities inside problems. What they, what, what, what they were celebrating about, God turned it around. Not only was Jesus raised in order to overcome the Pharisees, but Jesus was raised to serve you and I for the salvation of many people. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for the salvation of many souls. God has a tendency of concealing opportunities inside problems.
progress. And if you're going through a problem right now, I want you to begin to develop a right perception. Change your perception. Change your perception. Yes, your problem is causing you sleepless nights. Yes, your problem is, is, is stressing you, is pulling you down, is weighing on you. But let me tell you, change your perception. When you look at your problem, just look at it without saying anything and tell yourself there's something God is hiding in there. Tell yourself there's something God is hiding inside, not what he's trying to hide, but there's something God has hidden inside this problem. There's something, and that something is an opportunity to influence. Is an opportunity to make a difference. Is an opportunity to make a difference. Somebody shout amen. Somebody shout amen. So what do you need to do when you have an opportunity? What do you need to do when there's an opportunity? There's only one action. When an opportunity comes your way, seize it. Grab hold of it. Grab hold of it. I'll tell you in my own life, I had opportunities for a number of things, but I hesitated. I dilly-dallied and I prayed to our northern father. And the opportunity, opportunities come. Seize them. Grab hold of them. Lay your hands on every opportunity that come your way. Because there are some opportunities that will not repeat themselves quite quickly. There are some opportunities which if they come now, the next time you see them, you'll be 20 years old or more than you are now. And you live the rest of your life regretting it. I was reading an article another time and one person was saying, the, the one thing that makes a difference between rich people and poor people is opportunities. Rich people, what do they do? They grab opportunities as quickly as possible. But the average person, what does they do? They say, mm, let me wait a little bit. And they're very sure. Even though on the inside of you, you know that, you know what, I need to go for it. But you say, mm, let me just wait for tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes, gone. It's no longer there. And then you had, you had your own challenge, your own stress of the problem. And now you have another dose of a problem of regret. Oh, I should have. I should have. And then you spend the rest of your time, what? Regretting. I'm grateful that, uh, please don't laugh at me. I'm grateful that when I saw Minister Win, I grabbed the opportunity. Was it the same with you? For me, when I saw Minister Win, I didn't think twice. My heart said, let's go for it. And I, I, I really, because if, if I had delayed a little bit, there are other boys who are actually waiting for an opportunity. And watch where I am. I'm a blessed man. Because I thought, yes, God, he grabbed the opportunity. But don't be the one who is always living a life of regretting because you are letting opportunities go. Don't allow fear to steal away your opportunities. Don't allow hesitation or procrastination to steal away your opportunities. If you are in business, when opportunity rises, go for it. Grab it by faith. And we'll deal with the rest later on. Because if you wait for the full picture, 
When the full picture is there, you'll be seeing the full picture in another person who has grabbed the opportunity. And then you'll be seeing and say, that could have been me. Ah, that could have been me. That could have been me. Doesn't help you in the now. So when an opportunity rises, grab hold of it. Grab hold of it. And how do you expose yourself to these hidden opportunities? Fear the Lord when you're going through challenges. How do you expose yourself to opportunities? Fear the Lord when you're going through stuff and have faith in God. In other words, don't compromise on what you value because you're going through stuff. Had Joseph compromised with Potiphar's wife, he would not have become the prime minister of Egypt. Had Daniel compromised his faith because his friends are plotting against him and he's afraid of the lion's den, he would not have risen to become the second in charge of Babylon. Had he compromised. If Jesus had compromised because the Pharisees were putting too much pressure, you and I today would not have been saved. So how do you expose yourself to great opportunities? Maintain your fear of God. Maintain your fear of God. Maintain your fear of God and continue to have faith in God. Maintain your fear of God and maintain your faith in God. Why, why should you do this? Why, why should you really stand up and do this? Because problems contain opportunities. But listen to me. And opportunities, they breed change. Can I repeat that? Problems contain what? Opportunities. And opportunities breed change. Because as you're going through the problem, what you want is a change. Listen, as simple as that. When you're going through a problem, all you want is a change of situation. But listen to the process. From problem to opportunities. From opportunities to change. Problems to opportunities. From opportunities to change. From problem to opportunities. From opportunities to change. Of problems contain opportunities. And opportunities, they breed or they give rise. They result in change. And that change for me today, can I brand it as elevation? Opportunities, they breed elevation. The moment you grab a hold of an opportunity, an opportunity will elevate you. That's why you see that when Joseph grabbed the opportunity, even though it came wrapped in a problem, we see God elevating him to become a prime minister. Not of a cell group he became the prime minister of the nation of Egypt. When Daniel grabbed hold of the opportunity, the opportunity bred change. We see Daniel becoming the second in charge in the entire nation of, of Babylon. When Jesus, our perfect example, when he grabbed hold of the opportunity, Philippians 2 says, God gave him a name that is above all names. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow down and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Opportunities breed elevation. I know you are praying for change now. 
I know you're praying for elevation. You're praying for God to turn around your situation. But here's what I'm saying to you. As a believer, develop the right perception towards your problems. Instead of just seeing fire, see the hidden opportunities inside of you. Because God has a tendency of hiding things inside of you. And the beauty of this, sometimes you don't need to pray for problems to come. Like I said at the beginning, you don't need to pray for what? For problems to come. That's why the Bible says, even when you're going through trials, count it all joy. How do you count it all joy when you're going through stuff? Because I know there's something inside. So when the enemy is expecting me to have a sad face because there's a problem, he will see me smiling. Count it all joy. And it will confuse him that how come you're smiling when I've thrown a big problem on you? On the inside of you, you know that, you know what? Ah, you have thrown a problem, but God has hidden an opportunity inside this. And my change is coming. My situation is changing. You intended to harm me, but God has intended for my good. Can I encourage you, teacher of the living God? I know you have been crying over your problem. I know you, you have been, your tears are always going down concerning your situation. But be of good cheer this morning. Be of good courage this morning. Because inside your tears, God has deposited an opportunity. And your opportunity is going to give rise to your elevation. Your situation will not remain the same. Because there's a pattern. And God will not break the pattern with you. Ah, did you hear that? I said God will not break the pattern because the issue is now on you. The pattern remains the same and the promise doesn't change. Every problem contains an opportunity. It doesn't matter how small it is. Even sickness, it contains an opportunity to make a difference. Ask Paul. He had this problem that he prayed to God three times. Problem. It was direct only to him. I can hear Paul saying, but God, I prayed for other people to get healed. How can I demonstrate that you heal? I'm healing other people, but you can't heal me. But inside that problem, God contained what an opportunity. And God says, my, my, my glory is actually made manifest in your weakness. And from there, you see Paul God being raised by God to, to begin to make a difference in other nations that no other apostle were able to reach to. Inside the problem. Inside the problem. Here's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to look at your problems. What you have, it doesn't matter how big, it doesn't matter the size. I just want you to look at that problem. And I want you to make a step of faith this morning and begin to thank God and say, Father, I thank you for this one. Because inside this problem, you've hidden my opportunity. Not just an opportunity, but you've hidden my opportunity. But when the opportunity is going to explode, it's not only going to benefit me, but this opportunity is going to benefit many people. It's going to be of benefit to my family. It's going to benefit my church. It's going to benefit my town. It's going to benefit my nation. And ultimately, it's going to make this world a better place to be. Why? Because I've developed a right perception towards my problems. I, I want you to make this first step of faith. Like I said, don't worry about the size of your problem. 
Don't even look down and say, my problem is too small. As long as it's a problem, let me tell you, there is a seed of opportunity that God has put inside there. And that seed is not just going to die, but that seed is going to germinate. And it shall yield some results. It shall yield a 30-fold, a 60-fold, and a 100-fold harvest in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ, can you take a step of faith and begin to thank God for your problem? Begin to praise God for your problem and say, Father, I thank you for this. The enemy has intended to harm me, but Father, I thank you that you've intended it for my good. Thank you for tuning into Your Change, a broadcast aimed at revealing grace and empowering transformation. To interact with us, please visit our website at afmimmiltonkeens.org or follow us at Ebenezer Fellowship AFMIM on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also interact with Pastor Danny on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For easy access, the links are in the description. Until we meet again, may heaven keep smiling at you.